Welcome back to After the Smoke Clears, the podcast where we explore stories of resilience and triumph after overcoming adversity. In today's episode, we are excited to have a guest joining us to share his experiences. Eric will be sharing his courageous journey as a child of divorce and the challenges he faced growing up as a person of mixed descent. From dealing with the implications of his parents' divorce to facing racial stereotyping and bullying, Eric's story is one of perseverance and strength. Join us as we delve into his experiences and learn how he navigated through adversity with resilience and emerged as a triumphant individual. And as a reminder, guys, to please go and follow our Instagram, which is at After the Smokers Podcast, where we post our, our videos and updates on when our episodes are going to come out. And give us a follow on TikTok at After the Smoke Clears Pod to watch us do uh, podcast content as well as funny clips. Before we get into the topics for today, let's go around and say the highs and lows of our week. So, who wants to start us off today? Say, I'll go. Yeah, go ahead. All right, so I had a pretty good week. Um, I'll start off with a low. It isn't wasn't really that big of a low, but basically my building has a garbage chute, um, mm-hmm. just something you throw garbage down, and then so you don't have to go all the way downstairs to throw it yeah. in the garage. Yeah. And someone threw like a big sheet of metal, so it got clogged, so we couldn't use the oh garbage chute for like shit. fucking like four days, and like I don't want to go down to the garage, so my girlfriend and I had a bunch of like not a bunch, but had some garbage sitting in the house until it got fix and then mm-hmm. we just dumped it all but that was my low not that big of a low mm-hmm. uh just a little frustrating yeah just a little bit frustrating and then for a high um i had a bunch of amazing dinners with my girlfriend we went to earl's uh we like going for happy hour late night and uh we also went to this restaurant called stock and supply crazy restaurant check it out they have these crazy stock boards with pork belly brussels sprouts fucking Ooh. sick had some nice drinks yeah just amazing dinners you know quality time good stuff eh? oh yeah seems like a good week oh it's beautiful man every week's great yeah sam you want to go next yeah actually i do i do want to go next (laughs) uh so you guys like movies because i like i like i like i like like movies and everything yeah yeah and that brings that brings me to my first high was that uh i went out for a nice little dinner movie date with my girlfriend we went to go see the new john wick four Oh yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. Amazing movie, really good choreography, really good stunts and everything. It's basically like a stunt, like a stunt men's wet dream. It's it's awesome. Nice. Um, and then I'd say my low for the week was probably all the nerves on the left side of my body are hurting. Yeah. Like my chest, much like my chest hurt. My knee, my knee, my knees, my knees hurt. Uh, my nerve in my left and my left leg hurts. Mm-hmm. So yeah, half my body just is in a lot of pain. But I mean, that's like whatever. We just we just do it. Yeah. What's that from, bro? Why is that happening? That's all from just li- lifting. Lifting? Just lifting, yeah. You're like fucking big guy, eh? I'll, dude, I'll, 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 run, I'll run my shit straight, Sheesh. do my warm-up, do all my lifts and everything. I'll stretch afterwards, eat healthy, I'll rest like good enough. Yeah. And then the next day I'll wake up and like that one nerve is still just still fucking with me a lot. Well, that's mm. determination, bro. Good yeah, it's just how it is, eh? Thank you. Sure. I can go next. Do it. Um, My high of the week was probably just like, I recently like went through my whole room like fucking emptied out everything make sure I know where everything is and just organize it all move some stuff around so I would say that's definitely my high like just now like having everything like knowing where it is just feels better mm-hmm. um my low honestly like I'm gonna say low of like the month it has been raining every single weekend oh my gosh. like For my real. days off it's it's raining 
every mm. single time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so fucked. But yeah, that, I would say that's my low. Yeah. yeah. It's terrible too because we've had it's Vancouver, right? So it's just mm-hmm. we, yeah. tr- we need to embrace the sun as long as we have it. And we don't Seriously. have it for long. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah. especially if you deal with depression. Mm-hmm. You don't want to yeah. see rain Seasonal. every day, you know, like that shit. Exactly. Yeah. Just kind of got to put up because, like, we do live in this, a, a giant rainforest. I know. Sun, we're I mean, just awaiting the yeah. sun. We're just yeah. awaiting it. Can't be afraid to Few get a little wet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like, like Davy Jones, like Jones said in, in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Should I go next? Yeah, you can go next. <laughs> ignore, ignore what I say half the time. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um okay so for me my low is definitely like just the end of the term sucks so like i am doing so many assignments and i'm so overwhelmed with like all my courses so it's just like that final push and it's just like i'm not sleeping and even when i am i'm like dreaming of assignments and things that i need to do yeah it's terrible your head's not hitting that 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 deep rem rem sleep you're too too stressed out right now 100 percent. like every waking second i'm like filling it with Little things that I'm, I need to do because I feel so overwhelmed. But it'll be done soon. It'll all be, it'll all be over soon. Um, and then for my high, it's random, but, like, I went out the other day and, like, I needed to go to school and, like, talk to a professor, do some errands, and, like, you know, my car's just not doing too well right now. And so, like, my little brother offered to take me and like we don't just get to kick it that much just us two especially when we do it's like there's four of us so we never really like talk alone so it was just cool to kick it and like we got some food together hung out just chill catching up with them it was really fun that's that's nice so you're you're pretty close with your brother then eh well i have two brothers so the one that's like a couple years younger than me i'm really close to him because we like share the same friends he's friends with sam and scott yeah Mm -hmm. but um the little one I, i would say i'm close to both of them the little one i just have like a less close relationship relationship. yeah because he's like 18 yeah yeah. that's solid yeah sibling love for sure yeah that's right now let's get into our conversation about eric's childhood specifically about how he navigated his parents divorce and the negative implications that it had on him personally so starting off here why don't you tell us a little bit about your family and like do you have any siblings just more information about that all right, yeah, so I have three siblings, um, but it's kind of a weird dynamic. So my two older siblings, they're my half-siblings, so yeah. different dads, same mom. But it's it, we're basically, we treat each other like full siblings, full blood, you know? There's always been love there. They were changing my diapers and shit, like, yeah. they're both married, uh, yeah. they both have kids. My brother just had a kid about a year ago. Uh, and then I got a younger sister. She's three years younger than me. Same mom, same dad. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say, like, we're all, like, generally pretty close. But um, recently, since I've moved down here, I don't really see them too much. I mean, my sister lives in Delta, my younger one. Mm-hmm. And then my older brother lives in White Rock. And then my sister, my older sister lives in, like, Langley. Like, all the Grove and shit. So I don't really get to see them that much. But, um... Yeah, growing up, it was weird. Um, we had, like, a pretty big house. My mom was, the like, the breadwinner of the house. My dad would, like, take care of us when we were younger and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom was always, like, flying to, like, Toronto or Edmonton and shit like that, like, Fort Lauderdale. She worked in the bank, so... And she right. was, like, pretty high up in the bank, so we didn't really see her that much. But uh, when we did, she was always picking up the phone at dinner, you know, like... yeah. 
shit like that but it was we were pretty close for sure like we had a pretty good like family unit going uh we had a nice crib um i was a good kid you know mm-hmm. didn't really fuck around too much just played sports i played soccer hella uh mm-hmm. video games just normal kid shit yeah. yeah yeah pretty traditional family setting i guess yeah pretty yeah i mean like my mom's my mom's indian and my dad's british but um she's not like uh like super traditional yeah so mm-hmm. we'd mostly eat white food but we'd have the odd occasion where we'd have like roti and dal yeah. and shit like mm-hmm. that you know yeah. okay um, that's that's awesome yeah 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 so um were there any warning signs that made you feel like your parents marriage might be in trouble before they split up um like before the initial split yeah so like i said initially no i'd say elementary school everyone like everyone was like your family's so close your parents are in love with each other like Mm -hmm. i was always knowing my parents are gonna die together like they are just like Mm -hmm. so close yeah um i feel like once i reached grade seven that's when things started to kind of like hit the fan i noticed um i would hear them fighting in their rooms um we'd go on trips and they wouldn't be sitting together like they normally would when we go on trips my dad would be in the pool just like on a floaty and my mom would be like inside and Mm -hmm. she would be like making rude remarks towards him around me and my sister and my dad would just be quiet and mean and just grungy yeah so i feel like yeah grade seven is when i started to kind of notice like oh this something's weird you know like Mm -hmm. just anxiety and wondering Mm -hmm. if i can lighten up the mood by like being around my mom and like telling jokes or like then going to my dad and being like let's all hang out with mom and shit like that but yeah yeah just i'd say it's it was up and then it was just like a a slow decline until it finally just hit and crashed and then that was just it was just fucked once it crashed what do you remember feeling when your parents like when the situation was going downhill um before they split though i'd say like heavy anxiety and stress but back then i didn't even know what the fuck anxiety was mm-hmm. i had no idea what stress was yeah all i knew was my body felt hot like very warm um i'd have like a pit in my stomach that's what i used to call it like there's a yeah. there's lava in my stomach like a lava rock yeah um my voice would kind of get like weird um i'd get shaky like very fidgety like hyper aware shit Mm -hmm. like that so just like stress overwhelmed um i didn't really know how to pinpoint my emotions because Mm -hmm. i never felt like i was able to feel my emotions properly Mm -hmm. um my dad's like a very traditional um just like suck it up type shit like you know um so yeah just heavy heavy anxiety overwhelmed to the max um and just kind of kept to myself thinking i was always thinking yeah always thinking and like yeah me and my younger sister were close but i always felt like i was ganged up on like with my younger sister and my dad they'd always like like it sounds fucked but they'd fuck with me and like i was always like the black sheep or like singled out Mm. and like um 
I just never felt like I was treated equally to my sister. Yeah. So I was more so always just thinking alone and just wondering, curious. Yeah, feeling isolated. Isolated, yeah. Mm -hmm. Wondering, like, why I didn't get that same love my sister was getting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Type shit, you know? So I feel like that's even why I'm so, like, like more so of like a loan shark like these days like before yeah i was chilling with hella people but i really just kick it with my girlfriend now mm-hmm. like yeah i'm even i'm taking a class right now on like parent child relationships and like it's like proven that that kind of connection or like who your parent choose, chooses to favorite and like treat better will have that impact on them like they will feel a certain way you will feel a certain way mm-hmm. you'll have certain things about you yeah that makes you like more independent because you've had to be mm-hmm. so it's a shame but it's also like you know in adulthood there's some positives uh, it's a blessing in disguise in a way because mm-hmm. um, you definitely mature faster yeah you learn how to deal with certain things because um, yeah. these are all problems that can happen in the real world not just with your family but with other people too mm-hmm. um so yeah mm-hmm. there's definitely a blessing in disguise silver lining in it for sure mm-hmm. i agree um did you ever feel pressure to try to help them mend their relationship? Um, I want to say yeah, but I also want to say no. Um, in the early stages, yeah, when I thought there was hope. But like I said, once it hit the bottom, I was like, there's no returning from this. Mm-hmm. Like, the dynamic was so, like, it was so toxic because my mom would be telling me and my sister things that me and my sister didn't need to know we had yeah. no business in knowing these things but yeah. she was very vocal yeah. with just un- unnecessary to unnecessary the man it's like, just inappropriate mm, yeah and you learn about this like reading up on like divorce and like what parents need to do like to make it easier on their kids and you don't talk about like the other the other parent in front of your kids like it's almost like no well 100 yeah. percent. i mean well because to them that's their partner to you that's your dad like that's an equal um person to the parent the parent that's talking to you at that point so it's yeah. just like it's really inappropriate and it's really unfair to put the kid in that position it, i always saw it as childish because like mm-hmm. yeah like both of them do this shit both yeah. of them did that, and they're still doing it to this day like oh yeah mm-hmm. and i haven't seen them in a minute you know i kind of just take my space but even like last time I seen them, like they're always they're always shit talking each other in a certain way or throwing little jabs, and it's like yeah. I do not need to be fucking hearing this right now. Like mm-hmm. you guys are fucking grown adults and you're acting like fucking nine year olds. Yeah. yeah, it's like, just also so it's, it's just like, not your battle. It's yeah. like it's like the, it's like the classic divorcee parent like thing to do. Like for a majority of time, it's all parents are always like, it's like a, I think that's more of like a thing that happened like the modern day where like a lot of parents will just shit talk like each other yeah. to their kids, and it's really manipulative, man. It's really destructive for the family, mm-hmm. for the family as a whole. Because like how like how is your how are your kids supposed to view their parents in a positive light when all they will ever hear is the negative aspects of them, some of which ain't ain't even true. 100%. That's what I'm saying. I also yeah. think too like. Like, they have to separate relationship problems that are between them two and, like, family exactly. things. Like, if your issue with your partner is something that's between you two, you should not be voicing it to the kid. The kid has, like, you chose to have a kid with that person. You obviously trusted them to bring them up. Yeah. So, there's no place for, like, telling them personal things that they really mm-hmm. don't need to know. 
and like yeah like it ends up boiling down to like a really shitty reputation popularity contest between parents like who who can talk the more effective shit mm-hmm. at the end of the day and that's that ha- that happens a lot and like i'm i'm sorry that that happened with you and your bro, family you, man you got it like right on the fucking right on the nose bro because i i even caught myself being manipulated a few times to where i'd be like okay no mom's in the right okay no i just heard dad's story dad has a has a like a valid point too yeah mom's fucked up no dad's fucked up and it's just like i found myself back and forth back and forth back and forth because i'm hearing new shit and i'm like how could they do that what the fuck and then i'm hearing from him how could she do it's just so it was so fucking confusing man it's almost like what am i supposed to do with that info yeah no No, really though just mentally exhausting man like i'm not the fucking therapist 100 percent. it's not like it's not your job the parent your parents and everything you know like it's fucked up it's fucked up all the problem like it switches up like that 100 percent. yeah so toxic so fucking toxic so like you're supposed to be having like a childhood and they're just fucking disrupting that with all their problems when it's just yeah it's almost like i didn't get to have a childhood after they well i was 13 when they divorced but yeah still no like, they robbed still. you of a, a time in your life yeah yeah and just sure. very matured very fat all too fast way yeah. too quick mm-hmm. um but yeah so i mean we did talk about this a little bit but if you have any more thoughts on like on the topic of like choosing sides how did you go about that like how did that change throughout the years you said a little bit about um so basically when my parents for they first separated um my dad left the house and um it was just me my mom and my sister and i didn't talk to my dad for a few months mm-hmm. i didn't see him i didn't talk to him i didn't know what the fuck where he was or anything my dad also was one of those dads that never had a cell phone he always thought cell phones were stupid mm-hmm. so i had no way to contact this guy and no way to talk to him he only got a cell phone like after like he needed to get one to contact us you know yeah so my dad leaves and obviously my mom's saying all this shit she's on the phone like 24 7 with her friends her siblings her mom steven this steven that that's my dad's name mm-hmm. um i'm hearing all this stuff so i'm like what the fuck dad is like i'm talking to my sister dad is fucked up you know dad is screw that guy basically like Mm -hmm. i did not like my dad at all and even previous to them splitting up i never really saw my dad as a role model i hear a lot of young men my age that will be like oh like my dad's my role model my dad's my hero yeah he's the guy i look up to you know i look for him for answers not i've never never seen my dad as someone to where like i can learn like real life things from sure he can tell me about the fucking pyramids or yeah. alexander the great or the capital of belgium you know mm-hmm. but yeah which i retain you know but yeah. like life lessons yeah and- i need that's what i needed out of a father so back to my topic or back to the topic um then i ended up my dad he started coming back around and they had this whole thing to where it was yeah every weekend you go to your father's house and you spend two days and he was that's when he moved to vancouver so he had a place but it was a bachelor suite which means like a studio yeah so just one room and he took the bed and my sister and i would sleep on the ground 
in sleeping bags, dirty carpet floors, disgusting. Like in sleeping bags, no wow. Wi-Fi, no Wi-Fi, Damn. no cable. Mm-hmm. There was like nothing, barely any. So no what do you food. do when you're there? Like what? Do you nothing, do? nothing. Just sit there. Like he had the basic cable, channel three, which was the news yeah. or some shit. You know, like we're that shit's on loop. Yeah. The best thing we could have done was we used to go walk to Fresh Slice on Broadway and Canby, which isn't there anymore. They made that huge Starbucks and the Jollibee and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But it used to be a a Fresh Slice. Yeah. We used to walk there. That was fun. I used to think that was cool because, yeah. you know, Vancouver, new city, exploring, sick. Um, but I still never liked my dad during this point. Yeah. It only came till when my mom and I started bickering heavily and started not getting along to where I would kind of pick up on the things my dad said and be like, okay, no, I see what he's saying. Like, she is kind of this or she is kind of that. Truth comes out through the other person's actions. Yeah, 100%. And I feel like I started to kind of side with my dad more towards when I was going to move in with him, which is, I think, the beginning of grade 10. Right in the beginning of two days before grade 10 started, my mom kicked me out, put my bags on the on the front like the front step it was just like you gotta go you gotta go so i moved in with my dad and that's when i started siding with him and then i didn't talk to my mom and it was just a back in like a ping pong effect it was yeah fucking ridiculous to be honest mm-hmm. all right really let's go back a little mm-hmm. i want to talk about that but let's go back a little do you remember like how the exact situation went down when they initially split yeah yeah tell us a little bit um Okay, so my mom had gone to Mexico with her two friends. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was gay and one of them was lesbian. And the only reason I'm saying that is because that matters and that okay. contributed to the reason why they had this big fight, which led to the split. So my mom goes to Mexico for two weeks. She comes back and um, I remember... She gets dropped off and she comes through the house for mom. Like, you know, we hug her and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and normally my dad would run to the door too, you know, give her a big hug, some kisses, you know, just lo- show love to your wife. Yeah. Um, instead, he's sitting on the couch in the living room just on his laptop. Hasn't even looked up from his laptop. He's sitting there. He used to burn CDs. So he's sitting there. He's burning CDs. My mom comes. She's, hi, love. He's, hello. He's got a British accent. So mm-hmm. he's, hello. Um, and she knows something's up. She's like, what the fuck? Why is this what the fuck's going on? Mm-hmm. So she's standing there and she's looking at him. She's just analyzing him. Right. She's looking him up and down like, who do you think you are? Like, you're mm-hmm. just not even going to say what's up. Yeah. And um, she's like, Steven, we need to go talk. And he's like, all right. He shuts the laptop. And they go to the room. I look at my sister. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, but me and my sister were like, we're going to listen. And at this point, we thought it was like jokes because we never thought they would actually split. We just were like, they fight and then they make up and it's all good. Mm -hmm. So we're like, we're going to go listen. We're going to put our ear to the door. Put our ear to the door. They're screaming at each other. And um, one of the things that my dad said that he was pissed about was uh, my mom went on this trip with her friend that was a lesbian 
and her friend that was a lesbian made some type of comment to my mom saying like you make those jeans happy or something like that i don't know some yeah like you have a nice shit. ass or some shit some yeah. yeah you know and um oh the only reason my dad brought that up was because my mom made my dad stop chilling with my dad's old friend that was gay because he made like a comment and my dad was oh. like okay sure yeah i won't kick it with him no worries my dad had told my mom don't hang out with her like she's flirting and yeah. my mom didn't listen so my mm-hmm. dad i guess the whole time while she was on the trip was pissed off like she's not listening to me and that's why he didn't go say what's up to her anyways that was like a minuscule problem there was many other things that were brought yeah. up over like the hour that they were in the bedroom screaming at each other they they had a whole list in there my mom pulls out a pad she's like and yeah. i only know that because she's saying this. she's like i'm gonna write this down like okay yeah this that this that mm-hmm. and then um all of a sudden my dad barges through the door and me and my sister are like oh like we're acting like we're just like so you're listening at the door at this point and they're yeah, in yeah. the room okay yeah, yeah yeah my dad opens the door and as me and my sister hear him coming to open the door we like we walk away quickly yeah and just act normal you know like yeah. like kids you know like mm-hmm. yeah you know like yeah. stupid shit yeah innocence yeah, yeah yeah fully and then um my dad's like kids i'm leaving and we're like well what do you mean where the hell are you going right yeah he's like i'm leaving your mother is kicking me out and that i was Jeez. like what the heck is happening and my mom's like kids come downstairs and she's like steven come downstairs we're all sitting in the living room mm-hmm. and there's a couch which is like from sam to me mm-hmm. my mom's in the middle and i'm on this side my sister's on sad side and yeah we're like cuddled up to my mom and at this point we're both like this is real as shit like this is happening yeah. this is a, it's not just a fight so mm-hmm. we start crying like bawling our eyes out my dad's sitting on the singular little seat couch by yeah. himself he's sitting there he's that part i don't really remember so much because mm-hmm. there was so much emotion and like too much, I feel yeah. like I almost blacked out. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the right word, no, but I cannot remember though. what yeah. happened. Um, and then basically, I think we were sitting there for like forty-five minutes. It could have been ten. It could have been twenty. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then my dad just basically gets up. Uh, I remember him saying, "Your mother's kicking me out with forty dollars in my pocket." And he's like, I have nowhere to go, but she's kicking me out. And I was like, Jeez. what the hell is happening, you know? Mm. So he leaves. After he left, too, I don't really remember what happened either. I just remember sitting there with my mom. And I think my mom was just holding me and my sister and um, kind of saying little sly shit. Like, your mm. father's abandoning you. Oh your my father's gosh. breaking the family up. your father is tearing apart this family your father does not care a bunch of shit just things that are like really 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 impactful things that like affect me to this day to where like coming at you pretty hot and like pretty like well like like, way way too soon at that point yeah like you guys are like you and your sister are still trying to process like what the fuck just happened exactly she's dropping all this extra shit on you she's already trying to turn you and your sister against your dad Mm -hmm. to be honest from the situation that I hear, it sounds like your father is abandoning you is kind of like a little bit of not what happened. Like, you know, it seems like they had their own like disagreement. One yeah. of them or both of them decided, you know, he should leave, whatever. Like, I don't know. 
making it like he's abandoning you two is is so like sinister yeah really yeah that's hard that was um that's something i'll always remember her saying that was uh definitely like uh and that night was uh november 11th 2013 2013 Mm. november 11th so is that remembrance day right yeah. yeah which is weird remembrance like remembering so every remembrance day obviously like give it to the soldiers you know respects mad respects but it always has this like tinted thing for me to where yeah. I'm like no this was like the day you know yeah, yeah. It brings that up for you yeah for, for sure. sure I feel like just a little comment I feel like at the beginning when uh, you were like really resenting your dad fuck where is i going for this you got it bro that's <laughs> your it's all good no i feel like it's weird that dads for some reason prefer their daughters more than their sons or they'll treat them like better yeah. for like i don't know doesn't make sense it's like he should be able to know how to raise his son more than anyone because he's a guy right like, yeah well and the, the messed up thing was also um my dad would always go on to say uh, he broke the generational curse basically his dad didn't treat him too good mm-hmm. um his dad was a sailor in in the in world war Two, so he was on ships all the time um but he'd always go on to say i broke the generational curse this and that of not treating your son right and i'd always sit in the back of my mind like no like you really didn't like mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah like, you're like- really just lying to me i'm here you know yeah. and it's it's not even <laughs> like he it's almost like he was bullying me real shit like yeah. it wasn't like he just wasn't he was treating my sister better it was like he was, he was bullying me yeah. yeah yeah like i remember like various instances to where like like for one like we had a basement and I was r- basically the stairs are like two stairs and then there's a corner and then there's like 12 stairs. So I run up the two stairs and my dad's coming down the stairs as I'm running up and I bump into him and he pushes me down the two stairs and I like fall like literally Jeez. on my back and I'm like little, you know, so two, three stairs. That's that's like, yeah. a, you that's know, a that's like a building height, at like, <laughs> you know, at a young age, like yeah. five or four. Like, <laughs> and, you know, you got energy like I'm running them. I'm a fake guy, you know? So mm-hmm. there's several instances of, like, shit like that to where I'm, like, like, why the fuck are you doing? Like, you think, like... Just so unnecessary. You think, like, you're, yeah. you're bigger than me? You can, like, you know, like... like yeah, just, you're, like, like, like taking like, pick advantage on me also? Like, That's a certain, like, level of sick to me that, like, right? you could have your own child and then be like, haha, they're small. Like, they're um, naive. They're shapeable. Let me take advantage of that and, like, fuck with them however I want. It's like, yeah. that is a mm-hmm. certain level of sick to create someone to feel better than. It's like, do you feel Because they're too young. Do you feel young. dope? Like, exactly. Do like, exactly. <laughs> I mean, well, the fucked up thing is the people that do that, they do feel good off that. They do? Yeah. yeah they do, yeah. That's why yeah. I'm saying it. Like, there's no other and reason it, why. Like, it, t- it, t- it takes a pretty, prof- a pretty funny or profound low level of prophetic, you know, like, to, to, get, to, to get to that. Even if, the, if that is if that is the right the right word I'm using there. Yeah. Yeah. I think sure. it's sad between like father and son too because I mean also like with mother and daughter because like the most impactful relationship somebody will ever have with their in their life is with their same sex parent or especially in their childhood is with their same sex parent. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like no no that's like fact. That's fact. It's like it is. So that that's sad. It, it it's sad that 
most parents don't pay the attention they need to to that or like have that realization which is why I firmly believe like not everyone should have kids you should go into it with a level of awareness it's Mm -hmm. not just about like getting pregnant and doing it that's not all it takes you know it's a big responsibility and it is more than what it seems you know you gotta you gotta guide your child yeah the right direction you gotta treat them better than you were treated you got to give them everything you didn't have yeah type stuff you know yeah, you can't teach them as much as you can 100 totally. you know, mistakes and you made you know how yeah. to yeah yeah like you, you have, have two go- options like your parent treats you like garbage okay you can treat your kid like garbage or you can be like no nah, like i never got what i needed from my parent so i'm gonna give that to my kid because i don't yeah. want them to ever feel like how i did when yeah. i was that yeah. age and that's my mindset, so I don't understand why that wasn't his, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just it's like, confusing. Yeah. I think, like, as a parent, like, yeah, it's kind of your job to be, like, a teacher, like, in the young ages, and then, like, a guide in the young ages, and, like, as they get older, a mentor. Yep. And I think if you're not willing to take on those positions, slash, if you think parenting only goes until the kid is 18, then you probably should just pick a different path for your life than mm-hmm. having kids, mm-hmm. because that's not what it is. Like, my dad has told me, parenting is the most like um demanding job in the world it's the longest job it has the longest hours but like you know when you take it on it can be the most rewarding as well if you really are committed but again like it's shouldn't be like society the societal norm that everyone does it like so i'm gonna have a kid that's not yeah. like you shouldn't just have kids just because you get married with someone or just to have and them. like you feel it's like what you need to do to start a family and everything if you're gonna have kids like you know you should you honestly should be unsure of yourself and you should double take like am i really ready to do this like do i actually give a shit enough and am i actually passionate enough to raise a family yeah and like the time commitment too you have to think like am i willing to commit all this time because the second this kid Mm -hmm. is mine or like born or adopted whatever that kid becomes a higher priority than me now yeah mm-hmm. no you exactly. gotta, put, you gotta put your kid and even your wife yeah like for, above for men for sure before you yeah like your wife and your kid come way before you like you, you it's you can't really think selfishly anymore right even mm-hmm. if with a girlfriend which you can understand you gotta yeah. put your girl first you yeah. gotta make sure she's number one priority you gotta make sure she's feeling the best you know oh no exactly yeah. you gotta do it for sure like and it's like some people like within relationships and all like they'll some people like uh, some people just have kids like just to keep the family together just because they think like, they th- they, th- they think like, it'll make everything better but it fucking yeah. doesn't like you like just a put, kid you, is you, gonna magic that's such yeah, an like, unfair for the expectation kids. to put yeah. on that child now yeah. like the kid's not like a fucking dog it's not like a goddamn playstation or anything like that it's, it's not just gonna make everything better and no. i've seen parents that like resent the child for not fixing that situation and i'm like like that shouldn't have been their purpose it's like it's like you're mad at the kid but like you're looking in a fucking mirror like you put you like you put the living human being in front of them and then you're mad they didn't fix the shit it's like you created your own problem it's just how selfish is it to take a situation that's already in a bad position and then add a little helpless being to it like it's not fair because then that kid's probably gonna repeat the same process if you just keep you approach it like that yeah they're gonna make the same mistake you made because then you're not gonna be fit to actually teach to get how to lead a better life yeah mm-hmm. 100%. all right so let's next question who did you live with when they first got divorced uh when they first got divorced i was with my mom mm-hmm. um i was with my mom for about i'd say two and a half years maybe yeah um yeah my mother for sure mm-hmm. um obviously i went back and forth um i was at my dad's every other weekend 
Um, mm-hmm. And there were some times to where I didn't want to go to my dad's and I didn't see him for months on end because I didn't, I didn't like how he was treating me, you know? And I felt like now, like I kind of had the option yeah. to where like, I don't have to yeah. see this guy every day. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I didn't really want to sleep on the, on the floor yeah. every weekend mm-hmm. in Fair a sleeping enough. bag, you mm-hmm. know, like that's, that's another thing too, where I'm like, you know, you could have lived in surrey and got like a two-bedroom yeah my mom had properties to give him to live that she was literally going to give him so that you could like fully paid off yeah because he doesn't make as much obviously Mm -hmm. um but he wanted to be closer to work which um vgh he worked at vgh in the warehouse department yeah so which makes sense but like as we said earlier your kids have to be first priority you should have figured that out 100 percent. and like she had these properties and yeah maybe they were uh at surrey central or at gateway but like i don't know for me i i could never let my kids sleep on the floor in sleeping bags on a dirty carpet to save yourself a a commute for sure in a one room house or yeah. apartment like are you fucking stupid yeah. he yeah. should be on like the floor to be honest yeah I honestly i feel like if he that should be was, on the floor you guys yeah. should be in the bed Facts. yeah if that was ever my situation i feel like that's what like my dad would have done probably like, you know i get it's a shitty situation like you know you're recently like separated you're, like divorced and everything you're just moving to new to new place but like at least get a couch for the kids and everything like you can, you can get yeah. those pretty cheap and used yeah like yeah because you said you were sleeping like a carpet like board like boarded floor that kind of that kind of thing yeah yeah like fuck at least give you guys some pillows like some pillows for like cushions and all kind of stuff beneath you or let you guys like take the bed i think it's just like a demonstration of the effort that was made on his part to like you know facilitate you guys put effort into it at that point yeah and i will say like once i did move in with him um like i said about the beginning of grade 10 he did upgrade he got a one bedroom and i got the room um mm-hmm. which was actually in the same building so he just got another like a one bedroom mm-hmm. um which was better for sure um i just kind of wish he did that before because yeah like even living in that ba- i was living in that bachelor with him i think about like two months into actually living with him like in grade 10 going mm. to school sleeping on the floor like no my own space no like yeah no closet privacy yeah no privacy at all Mm. at all that's why i was never home that's why i was always out yeah that's a lot like you need your own space in that time yeah it's almost like you don't want to go home and Mm -hmm. now like for me i'm i love staying at home i love my house i love Mm -hmm. my space that's awesome yeah um did your parents fight for custody of you guys ever you and your sister Um, my mom was always in the beginning high on that um yeah she'd always have joint um full custody nope sole custody she used to say and she, it was almost like she was flexing it um but it got to a certain point to where when i started to live with my dad my dad was fighting for sole custody of my sister as well mm-hmm. um and even when my mom kicked me out she kicked me out had all my bags packed etc about a week after she was like well when are you coming home and i had my dad had already enrolled me to eric hamber my dad had already got me into school and she's saying so when are you coming home like as if like oh i just sent you on a little vacation but yeah i'm back and i'm I'm not coming home yeah i'm already settled 
Like, yeah, it's mm. unfair to push you around. Like, push yeah. you around and be like, all right, so you come, yeah. It's like treating right. you like a fucking animal right there. No, it's seriously, it's, it's, it's abusive like dog for sure. Yeah, it's very being like, uh, oh, sweetie, come back home. I got, I got the food, I got the treats, and all kind of shit. Yeah, and that's when she was even like, um, I have sole custody, this and that. Like, you need to. And my dad was like, no, like, I'm taking you f- fully down. I'm getting custody of him, type shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like that just shows. Like that's just like the mom in that situation being hell bent on just kind of flexing and trying to one up the dad like it ain't even about the kids at that point no it, yeah. it's, it's just it's just to win the bet it's just to win the fight and yeah. everything it doesn't the, the kids don't matter they, they, she's treating you guys like the trophies and everything yeah, yeah. and yeah. you see that yeah. a lot like even in other situations to where like they'll whether it's the wife or the husband yeah like flex like oh i know i have sole custody i got 50 percent of this i got this i got and it's like yo like you just you once loved this person seriously and now it's like you hate them and you want to destroy them and mm. it's like it just it doesn't really make sense to, yeah. me, to be honest like, yeah and especially... putting the kids in the crossfire of all of that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I was you're, like say. you're dragging yeah. the kids down with you like you they, the kids don't deserve that mm-hmm. they're not they're not even adults yet they don't deserve to have this shit put on them mm-hmm. how would you say that like impacted your sense of stability like having those abrupt moves like you know um, not having your own space I say it really fucked me up to be honest because uh obviously i went to i've been to three high schools so i got expelled from two and then uh obviously i went to hammer so that's three um and i was always moving back and forth back and forth back and forth mm-hmm. so it fucked me up because i never felt like i actually had a home like i never had somewhere yeah. to where like i could just like sit in my bed put my feet up and be like this is home yeah this is warm this is where i'm staying because two weeks from then i was getting kicked out Mm -hmm. and like even like down the line of staying at my dad's he had kicked me out a few times yeah so it's like i never really felt like i actually had a proper home somewhere where i could just like not be hypersensitive and on my toes on where am i going to be in a month where am i going to be in a week yeah yeah did your family experience financial challenges as a result of the divorce? And how did that impact your day-to-day life and well-being? A hundred percent. So we're going to talk more a bit down the line because my mom, she was working at the bank after this. So she was, she was fine with money, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd say when I was in grade 11, she had gotten released from the bank. The bank decided that she was too expensive or something this is from her mouth Mm. so they um they terminated her and then i think about two weeks after that she got diagnosed with breast cancer yeah so she didn't have an income she couldn't work and she was dealing with mortgage and of course all these bills and stuff so she started selling her properties and stuff like that um obviously that messed me up because i'm like is mom gonna be okay like where is mom gonna end up um yeah it scared me for sure Mm -hmm. i'm like what my dad has never really earned that much money um he's always kind of just lived paycheck to paycheck Mm -hmm. um but yeah definitely once my mom went through what she went through that definitely scared me a lot and like almost like fearing for where she was gonna end up and what was gonna happen with her because she also had my sister living at the crib my younger sister she never moved with my dad with me she was always with my mom 
Oh, okay. So she didn't at all. No, my my younger sister never moved to Vancouver with me. Mm -hmm. She always stayed with my mom. So I was always worried about like what was going to happen there. Yeah. Um, yeah, It's another weight on your shoulders. For sure. Hella Mm -hmm. stress. Um, And I'm like 15, 16 at this time. 15, yeah. yeah. So. A lot for a 15 year old. Not something that I need to be worrying about. Mm, For sure. Um. I'm curious, like, the difference between, or the difference of your relationship with each of your parents before the divorce and after. Like, how, what was that like? Um, so before the divorce, my dad and I were not close at all. Mm-hmm. We weren't close. We never had a good relationship growing up. I'm sure he might think we did, but we didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I always didn't want to be around my dad. Um, certain things my dad did just left uh, like a gross taste in my mouth. Yeah. Um, I'd always felt like my mom had to come save me from him. Um, so definitely my mom and I were close before the divorce. Um, and then after the divorce, it switched after a certain period. So once I moved in with my dad, that's when we started to get kind of close. I feel like I buried what he had did when I was younger and didn't really think about it too much because I saw it as he saved me from my mom because mm. my mom and I's relationship was getting super toxic. Yeah. Just screaming all the time. So I felt like, okay, yeah, my dad took me in. He got a one bedroom. He's making this work yeah. for me. So that's when I started to kind of get close to my dad and my mom and I did not really have a relationship at all. And if I did see her, we were arguing and fighting. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like every time, like, you're never have a good relationship with both of them at the same time. Never. No. Never. It's like... Not once. And, like, I feel like that comes from them, like, putting, like, putting you against the other one all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, like, for survival, he had to kind of, like, go to one when one was being crazier. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like picking fully. the lesser of two evils just to survive mm. and, like, maintain his life. Yeah, it's like, it's hard to build the, uh, it's hard to build a good, healthy relationship with certain people, whether it be your friends, your family, especially your family. If the foundation is just brittle in general, there's not, there's not really a good base for it to go off of. And it kind of sounds like that's kind of what's, 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 hap- what's happened with you. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, whereas the, the base was kind of just uprooted from a young age. And since then, you know, there's been chances for it to get you know cemented in place but then it just kept on like it kept on the grounds kept on shifting back and forth too much mm-hmm. 100% yeah what were some of the biggest personal challenges you faced because of the divorce and how did you cope with them um personal challenges i say just being uh not really having uh role models or someone i can look up to Um, Mm -hmm. I felt like I was on my own. Um, I felt like I had to learn things on my own. I had to go through messed up things to learn through experience rather than having someone tell me this is what happens if this happens. So don't do this. Don't do that type shit. I found myself being very curious to like the dark side of life. Not the dark side, but... um, negative things a teenager could get into yeah um just curiosity um wanting to know what would happen if this happened wanting to try things out myself because i didn't have 
that older male figure that could be like, listen, you can't do this because yeah. this happens and I just want to guide you in the right way type shit. So I found myself mm-hmm. experimenting, yeah. trying different things and just like really maturing at an age to where I didn't need to be that mature. Yeah. So when I was yeah. 15, I felt like I had like, maybe I was acting out for sure. Maybe I was doing stupid things, but I felt like I was ahead of the crowd to in knowing and um, just like having responsibilities that a 15 year old shouldn't have. Yeah, um, for sure. I felt like a lot of the time because my dad didn't make too much money there was never really food in the house i'd kind of go to sleep hungry some nights um mm-hmm. there was never really food in the house so there'd be nights or days where i didn't eat at all you know and it kind of got to like i told this i had talk uh talk with this about my girlfriend actually um and she was like you were malnourished like you didn't have like a routine of food to where yeah. like you didn't eat breakfast you didn't yeah. eat lunch you didn't eat dinner it got to a point to where like you just didn't feel hungry right. because you didn't yeah. have these meals that were consistently coming you know mm-hmm. so it got to a point to where like i'm like okay i can't depend on him to feed me so that's when i started to like create my own hustles and yeah. stuff like that mm-hmm. and do certain things um yeah and not all of them were bad one of my hustles actually was i'd go to the flea market the vancouver flea market yeah yeah I was 14, so I just freshly moved in with my dad about, like, three, four months. And that's when I was like, okay, there's not going to be a routine of food. So I got to make money. I got to make money. I had holes in my shoes. Like, I got to buy myself clothes. I got to buy myself shoes. So I go to the flea market. And they would always have this stand with fake drip. So they had fake Gucci belts, fake Louis belts, Mm -hmm. fucking fake Gucci jackets, all this fake shit. So I'd scavenge together 20 bucks. 20 bucks got you a fake Gucci belt. I'd go to school or I'd post it on Facebook Marketplace. And I'd sell it for the price of like a real belt. Mm-hmm. So like 200 bucks. Yeah. Off of 20 bones. Yeah. Boom. Take the two bills. Invest 100 bucks out of that into five new belts. Boom. Go to the exchange students at my school. You want a Gucci belt? Yeah, bro. You know, these guys are loaded. Yeah. Give me two bills, two bills, two bills. So I'd start making good money off that, to be honest. That was one of my most solid hustles, I Mm -hmm. feel like. The fake Gucci belt. (laughs) Yeah. Very resourceful for a young kid. That was a notable hustle. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, That was actually a pretty good hustle, like, back when I was in high school. I remember hearing a lot of guys talking about doing that. And, dude, you could make a thousand bucks so easily. Easily, bro. You just got to know how to talk, how to present the product. Yeah. And, yeah. The thing is, they don't even, like, they don't know if it's real or fake yeah, they, no they don't care it. really to yeah. be honest they're, they're like, like it's a like gucci man. belt it they're, says gucci on it their parents <laughs> giving them a thousand bucks a day for allowance and shit well, I went to some some Literally. kids at my school would get 10 g's deposited into their bank account from their parents in china Jeez. 10 g's a month what? Jesus Christ. That's ridiculous. Oh, that's month. A month in these motherfuckers' <laughs> bank accounts. And I'm struggling doing? to fucking eat a goddamn meal. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, I'm going to fucking. Yeah, it probably yeah. wasn't the nicest or most ethical thing. 
But it's free Rex. Hey, it was necessary too. Like yeah, yeah for survival. Necessary. I'm eating for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The way the way you got to view it in that case is you know you get up in the morning you got to get your bag because yeah. no one else is gonna get it for you. That's right. Yeah, and honestly, if you got to take advantage of of some super super like mega rich kid who doesn't care about a uh, hundred two hundred bucks here and there, that's literally like a penny to him. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Let's eat or starve at that point. Yeah, and I'm not exactly. starving ever, ever, mm-hmm. ever, never again. Um. Hmm. Did the vo- did the divorce impact your grades or focus in school? One hundred percent. Like, what were they like before? What are they? What were they after? So, when my parents were together in elementary school, I was generally a a good kid. Uh, I feel like I I remember my average being like three point seven five, which is mm-hmm. pretty good. Um, yeah. Obviously, gym a a plus. Like I was <laughs> killing it in gym. You know, I'm pretty yeah, athletic yeah. guy, so I'm I'm co- competitive too. So mm-hmm. I'm winning no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, math, yeah, I'd get like a B or whatever. Science, B, you know. Socials, I get an A because my dad was heavy on like geography and, and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once they divorced, uh, just complete decline. Mm-hmm. Complete to where like I went from A's and B's to slowly like C pluses and then c's and then c minuses and it got to a point to where i'd be happy if i got 50 percent on a test i'd be ecstatic yeah. i'd be like i've passed like let's go yeah, you yeah. know dapping up my homies and shit mm-hmm. and looking back like i remember in elementary school when i was getting these good grades i'd be pissed at myself if i got a b yeah so like yeah definitely it changed, changed life, everything yeah. like changed the way like I think it changed your ability to focus on that. Yeah, to be honest, you had other things that were more important or like pertinent at the time. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, yeah, it's hard. Definitely hard to focus when you have that much external stress going on in your life. Yeah, man. Like, yeah, you and you don't realize it at the time. I just yeah. thought the I just thought the schoolwork was getting harder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. As a kid, you, as a kid, you're just kind of you're just kind of going through like, well, I guess this is fucking life, then, man. Yeah, well, it's always it's always gonna people's... it's always gonna be bullshit. You don't really yeah. have a lot of people sitting around you when you're like 100%. 14, 15 being like, this is because of this. Like, you yeah. know, it's until you reach like adulthood yeah. when you realize that. You don't realize it yeah. at all. Not exactly doctors at 14. Mm-hmm. We don't like how, like how we didn't know what's up. And when you go to a therapist when you're 14 or 15, like I did, I don't know. It's like daunting. You don't want to open up to them the way that, I don't know. You yeah. don't feel safe. You don't you know don't all the information. Them. You don't know what yeah. they can do. I don't trust. Yeah. So like it, it's hard to open up because you don't know what's going to happen. I, mean, I, almost, I almost felt his therapy as being silly. Like when I was a kid. Yeah. Cause I was like, what do you mean? Talk. Why am I going to talk about this? What are they gonna? What tell is talking me? gonna help? They know it's gonna be okay. Yeah. What the fuck? Exactly. <laughs> okay, it's not right yeah, now. So what not. are you gonna do? Because mm-hmm. we're paying you, and if there's no results, then what's the point? Right. Yeah. So you're I just, just making it worse because you're paying. Yeah. Like, exactly. Fuck. And I'm thinking about this shit after the session, and it's just ruining my whole week. So why why, why are we paying for this? I don't know. So yeah. I I got out of therapy. I think I went to two sessions, and I was like, "Mom, I'm never going again." That's silly. And I kind of buried it. I was like, "I don't care." Yeah, I don't care yeah. at all. But I cared. Of course. I I immensely cared. Mm-hmm. I just didn't. But at the time, I genuinely thought I didn't. Mm-hmm. I think you convinced yourself again to survive. Like yeah. people will literally change their entire being to survive. And I mean, you have to. It was that or what? Drown you know exactly you can't drown yeah yeah so 
Did the divorce impact your relationship with people around you, like your friends? Um, uh, yeah, to be honest. Who you surrounded um, yourself with, that kind of stuff. Yeah, so elementary school, um, going into high school, I had a group of friends, and we were all uh, like soccer heads. Yeah. Um, and then once my parents divorced, uh, I found myself hanging out with other kids that weren't bad influences or anything. They were just kind of doing things those guys weren't. Um, and obviously I got expelled. Um, so those friends that I used to chill with, the soccer heads, I never kept in touch with them after that. Or I tried to, but I felt like there was always this, uh, stay away from him type shit. Yeah. Um, and I never wanted to be judged. Um, I just wanted to be kind of understood mm-hmm. and that's okay that they didn't understand. It's not for them to understand, but I just thought, you know, like, at that time, I'm like, these are my homies, like, ride or die. Like, uh, they're going to be my kids type shit. They're going to, like, be chilled with my wife. Like, we're going to be, like, friends forever, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, after I got expelled, I think I linked them once and never again. I think one of them wishes me happy birthday every now and again. But, um, yeah, no, no contact at all. And it was never the same after that. Yeah. Never the same. Yeah. pretty shady because those guys were good guys um, yeah. nice guys you know they met my family like they knew my mom they knew my dad mm-hmm. they knew my older brother and my older sister too so yeah yeah, it was just weird yeah that's hard yeah, yeah. sometimes in life that's kind of just the way it goes I, I think I think we can all say we've obviously had friends we thought we were gonna last a lot longer with and then yeah. next thing you know everything's fine one day a few weeks down the line shit it's the fan or either you guys just kind of stop talking and that's just the way life goes some yeah, people just they, they just grow they just grow distant yeah but i mean that's kind of the key word is grow like you all grow up to be different people and you all grow in your own respective ways mm-hmm. no totally 100 yep. percent. yeah um did you have any coping mechanisms that got you through like your emotional struggle with your family situation uh yeah i feel like they were all negative though um, mm-hmm. all negative coping mechanisms um, I feel like when it was fresh when they divorced I started to act out so I started to do shit that I wouldn't normally do yeah. um, I would fight a lot Yeah. Um, I would just like cause havoc mm-hmm. um, which obviously there's havoc going on in my brain so I'm like projecting it onto fucking everyone else type shit. Yeah. Um, and then as time went on, I found myself like uh, I started smoking weed, which I don't anymore. Mm-hmm. Which if you guys know me from before, I was big on weed. Yeah. Um, I just recently stopped smoking weed actually, um, just because I get too anxious, too yeah. overwhelmed. So, and I feel like weed talks to you. Weed will tell you when it's time to smoke it and when it's time not to and i feel like it was i'm very spiritual so i feel like it was telling me it's not the time yeah um, to be smoking weed um so yeah just using vices that weren't uh weren't weren't positive or weren't really aiding me in any way it was more so burying it and uh, numbing it i would i would feel like is the right word mm-hmm. more so numbing my pain than facing it and um yeah i feel like my coping mechanisms weren't weren't very Positive. Yeah, but I don't regret it at all. No, um, and you can't I feel like, like I'm here for perfection. a reason, and uh, I like where I'm at. Mm-hmm. I like where my mind's at today. 
obviously there's always room to grow and there's always room to do better but looking back and even having this conversation with you guys i feel like i've grown a lot and i know i've grown a lot and um yeah i'm just happy to i'm happy uh of where i came from and just what what went down and just always doing better than yesterday always being better than you were yesterday Mm -hmm. i mean like from what i've heard of the story so far i don't know like what you guys think but like i think you should be really really proud of yourself for where you are today and like that Mm -hmm. i couldn't imagine that kind of a situation and the strength that it would have taken for you to wake up every day and continue not only continue on but build a life for yourself that honestly other people should have been building for you or helping you build yeah so, thank you yeah, appreciate you, be proud you of yourself. guys appreciate yeah. it i mean definitely yeah, you have that you have the you, you have the very good winning mentality was hey man just one step at a time just keep going don't stop yeah because yeah. that's all that matters you know the only way the only way someone that most people fail is because they just they give up and they stop yeah mm-hmm. yeah so it's good on you for seeing you just wake up every morning and say let's fucking get it yeah thank you bro yeah appreciate no worries bro it. fuck yeah um how did your parents' divorce impact your view on independence and your ability to be independent? Mm. Well, I feel like I was always very independent. Um, yep. I always saw independence as, like, strength. And um, I always knew, like, you could put me in, a like, a sticky situation and I'd be able to get out of it and I'd be able to do it just myself. I didn't really need anybody to help me. Yeah. My sister and I are very opposite. My sister is very dependent on other people telling her how to do things. And it's quite funny because the only reason that she's like that is because my dad babied her for so long. Yeah. She never got a taste of the real world. She never got a taste of this is how it is and you can't act like this because this is going to happen. Yeah. And I got that taste very young. So I feel like, I don't know, I like being independent. Obviously, I I also enjoy having people in my life. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just didn't view it as strength. Yeah, you can be independent without being you alone. You can have both. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just view it as strength, being For independent. Sure. I think so, too. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's definitely a lot of downsides to being sheltered. Obviously, there's good ones. There, There's good things like feeling love and support and all that. But the downside is, yeah, like if you are putting certain things you won't know what to do without the help of others. So Mm -hmm. that is a power that you gain out of hardship. Yeah. And that's not shading anybody that um, is like depending on uh, other people either. I'm just speaking from my experience. And, you know, it's it's strength um, needing other people too. In, in a way, you know, there's 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 light on both sides. So I just yeah. wanted to make that clear because I don't want to sound like ignorant, like, mm-hmm, oh, I'm mm-hmm. fucking so dope because I'm independent. No, like everyone's dope in their own way, you know. Yeah. I'm there's just going to speak for and myself. Hardships on each yeah, side. For yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. yeah. Do you feel any resentment for what happened between your parents and how they handled the situation? Yeah, I resent both of my parents actively. Yeah. Um, it's something that I've been struggling with more so recently. Uh, given that I don't talk to them because I've brought my feelings up to them and I don't feel like they're uh, acknowledged or cared about. Um, I feel like my feelings are like voided when I'm speaking to them. Mm -hmm. Um, There's always something that Eric could have done better or there's always something that Eric needs to learn and it's like, what about you guys, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. for sure, I can own when I'm wrong. Mm Mm-hmm. I can own where where I went wrong, but I don't think my parent. Well, I know my parents can't. Yeah. They haven't. They have yet to show me. 
and I've cut them out of my life and still haven't seen any acknowledgement to where they went wrong or where they could have went better and I feel like that's just cut whether they're your parents or not like you don't need toxic people in your life yeah you don't need people that aren't adding value to your life yeah you know like I want to be treated how I need to want to be treated you know and that's Mm -hmm. like well great because i know like that's how i'm gonna treat other people and maybe it wasn't like that when i was younger i know i was a little shit you know Mm. but i feel like i've matured to a point to where like even if you don't like me even if you have negative things to say about me that's fair Mm. you know i probably did do something that hurt you Mm. and i'm sorry yeah real shit like i said to you and you did like i said i might have been a dick to you and i apologize you said no dude you honestly you weren't but thank you yeah i mean if i was a dick as well like no you were you were good shit bro you were always nice (laughs) nice guy yeah you too you're always nice guy um but yeah if i've ever made you feel like like shitty or something or you have a shitty view on me like i understand Mm. you know i'm not like that no more um but it's valid and if i could ever make it right for sure i'm down i'm always trying to grow and uh Mm -hmm. hear people out and acknowledge where i went wrong that's how you grow you know that's really mature i think yeah you're becoming the person it sounds like that you needed when you Uh were a kid yeah Mm -hmm. which is honestly something that i've been through or i've been going through as well and honestly i think it's a beautiful thing Mm. it's cool to become that and know that the adult version of yourself if you were sitting next to 10 year old eric you could have you know you could change their life you could really help yeah, them 100%. it's beautiful to see like you're breaking a cycle you truly mm-hmm. are you know yeah. <laughs> still, you're becoming your own role model and that's something good you can actually look up yourself and say i'm proud of myself yeah 100 yeah. so it's a good liaison into this if you could give someone who's going through like this experience like their parents getting divorced any advice what would it be um i say take uh take everything one step at a time uh don't although it's easier it's easier said than done try not to drown yourself in the negative thoughts of i could have done something i could have made it better i could have uh, or blame yourself for their shortcomings because it really it has nothing to do with you um if your parents are speaking bad about each other in front of you Mm-hmm. or doing toxic things you know just understand that they're the ones in the wrong you're not you know stay true to yourself know that as cliche as it sounds i used to hate being told this but it does get better it yeah. does yeah maybe not in a month well for sure not in a month maybe not in five years but you know i'm sitting here right now and it's been a long journey and i can literally say it's gotten way better Mm -hmm. it's gotten much much better um and just take everything one step at a time you know don't 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 let people tell you about your experience don't let people don't let people tell you what to do don't let people tell you how to cope whatever it is whatever you need to cope do that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. do that um you'll figure it out um you know god has a way of rewarding people and um you know karma is very real so always just put yourself out there in a positive light do right um and just have a big heart like show empathy you know there's people out here struggling there's people out here that are 
feeling the same way as you. Um, and I just think the world needs more love. The yeah, world sure. needs more... Definitely more love, more compassion, more empathy, more more people that are going to be like, listen, you're going to be okay. I love you. What do you need right now from me? What yeah. would make your situation better? Because that's what I feel like I needed. I needed someone to sit down with me and be like, what do you need from me? Yeah. And that might be selfish, but at the same time, I'm able to offer that to people. If I see someone struggling, I will reach out and be like, what what, what can I do that'll make your day better? Or I'll just do something that I know that'll make their yeah. day better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just more love. I feel like this world needs a lot more love. And if you're going through what I went through or something similar, just literally hang in there. Um, keep people around you that are going to show you true love. Keep people around you that are just going to love you for who you are. Real shit. You don't need fake love. You don't need leeches. You don't need moles. You don't need loose lips. You just need your solid people. And sometimes that might only be one person. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. One person is better than fucking 20 Five goofs that yeah, are showing exactly. you yeah. fake love. You know, mm-hmm. It's all about quality over quantity. Quality, right. for sure. Mm-hmm. 100%. So, last question for this section. Mm-hmm. Now that the smoke is cleared and this difficult situation is in your past, how do you feel looking back on these experiences? What do you think you learned about yourself? Um, I feel, as messed up, not really messed up, but I feel good. Mm-hmm. I feel good because I look back and I'm like, I came far. I came a far mm-hmm. way. I went through so much shit. So much shit. I went through the roller coaster of life. Um, and I'm only I'm only 23, mm-hmm. you know, so it's just I feel good. I feel really good. I feel like I learned a lot about myself to where like I used to think, why am I so messed up? Why do I think this way? Why do why am I not like this person? Why am I not like that person? And it's like just learn to love yourself for who you are, you know, as long as you just be yourself and you'll be able to learn a lot about yourself and how your brain operates and what you need and um whatever you need is fine because it's your life you know just um i just learned how to love myself how to love myself in the way that i needed not in the way other people were telling me to love myself Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just in a way that i needed and um maturity of course responsibility um yeah honestly maturity and responsibility big time Mm -hmm. big time um i feel like i've came a really really far away from when i was 14 13 and i'm proud of myself and i could say that like very confidently to where like i am fucking proud of myself yeah i went through shit and yeah i'm just proud of myself and you should be yeah Yeah. you should be for sure Now that we've learned a little bit about Eric's background and struggle with growing up as a child of divorce, stay tuned for part two where we will discuss how he navigated growing up as an Indian-British mixed kid in Surrey and Vancouver where he faced bullying, discrimination, and racial stereotypes.